Why don't we open in prayer, and, uh, and we'll jump right into that. Father, we ask that you would begin to just unfold the pages of your word to our hearts, that we would be open and receptive to all that you have for us. And God, we're just praying, Lord Jesus, that you would, you would use your word to help us to process at times the difficult seasons of our lives. So this morning we're asking, Lord Jesus, as you teach us through these testing times that, God, we would be open to your spirit and what you would want to do in our lives. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How many of you have been enjoying our seasons of testing so far? Anyone liking that? All right. Yeah, it kind of gives a little bit of scope as to when we're having difficult times in our life, what, it, what does that mean and what does God use those times uh, for? So our season of testing series is going well, though it's not the easiest topic to cover. We've been looking through the life of Joseph and the difficulties that we can have in our lives that actually can develop good things and that can actually have a divine purpose in the end. So we've been looking at all of these seasons of testing. Our key verse for the series is found in Psalm 105.19. And it's in the New Living Translation. It reads this way. It says, Until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. Until the time came to fulfill Joseph's dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. So Joseph goes from the pit test, which we learned in our first week, the pit test, which he learns the painful lesson of humility, and he shifts into the palace test, and in the palace test, he learns the difficult lesson of stewardship, and just when Joseph thinks that things are going pretty well, his life takes a detour. His life takes a detour. How many of you have ever been on a detour in North Dakota? On our roads. Yeah, people are smiling. They're like, I thought the main road was a detour sometimes. But uh, have you ever had a detour in your life? Can we pull the house lights up just a shade so I can see a little bit better? Let's just bump that. So <laughs> there we go. Awesome. You guys are so good looking. I just don't want to miss that part. That's, that's my, my payment for preaching. I get to see all your smiling faces and everything. But have you ever had a detour in life? Joseph is going about, he's in the pit, he ends up in the palace, things are going really well, and really he's kind of set up for his destiny here. He's really been put in a prominent place of power, and he's set up for his destiny, and all of a sudden his, his story takes this massive you know, right angle turn, detour. And this detour here, uh, the detour basically, we all know what a detour is. It's when the natural flow of a road changes and we go off course, but to continue to our destination. Here in North Dakota, many of the time, the detours are, are usually worse than if you would have just drove right through the construction. But, you know, that's what happened here in Joseph's life. He is in a, in a detour season. He thinks that he's going in one direction, and all of a sudden, that's kind of what, what happened to Joseph here. He's young, he has power, he's respected, he's good-looking, and then Joseph finds himself in this situation. To give you the background of our text this morning, and the test that Joseph will go through, Potiphar's wife, Joseph was in the palace, and Potiphar's wife had her eye on him. Potiphar's wife, in fact, was coming on to Joseph. On different occasions, she approached him to commit adultery with her. Though his character was tested, Joseph stood strong. 
This was another test that we actually, we could have done the purity test here, but we're, we're, we're skipping over that part um, because there's so many tests we could be here for a long time. In fact, I talked to a pastor just last night. He said, I spoke on Joseph for nine months straight. So <laughs> we're not going to get that far. But Joseph here, we see he gets through and Potiphar's wife begins to come on to him. And those characters tested, he stood strong and would not give in to her. But then one day she finally set up the situation. She caused all the servants to go out, and when Joseph came in, she basically physically advanced on him. And she came on to him, and, and she said, uh, you know what, I want, to have a, I want to commit adultery with you. I, I, I want you in, in that way. And as she trapped him in the room, he struggled to get free, so much so that she latched onto his clothing or his, or his coat, and he had to strip himself from his coat just to get out of the room. And that's where the starting of the next season of testing begins right here. Take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to Genesis 39, 13 through 20. So Genesis 39, 13 through 20. Genesis 39, verse 13. It'll be up on the screen for us this morning. It says... When she saw that she was holding his cloak and he had fled, she called out to her servants. Soon all the men come running. Look, she said, my husband has brought this Hebrew slave here to make fools of us. He came into my room to rape me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream, he ran outside and got away, and he left his cloak behind here with me. So she kept the cloak with her until her husband came home. And then she told him her story. That Hebrew slave you brought into this household tried to come in and fool around with me, she said. And when I screamed, he ran outside, leaving his cloak with me. Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about Joseph and and how he had treated her. So he took Joseph and he threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held. And there he remained. Welcome to the prison test. The last four words, and there he remained. Wow. See, this is really a curveball for us because last week we talked about the key factor of the blessing of God upon our life was, could someone help me out with that? Anyone remember that? What was the key factor? Please, everyone, don't fail this. This would really, that would hurt my ego really bad. Anyone remember what what it was? What's that? Humbleness, close. Stewardship, we talked about stewardship, but what it was was, and I'm going to give you the answer here, but a lot of people know this. I know you're just too shy to say it. (laughs) The factor of the blessing of God pouring out in our life was obedience. And that was stewardship, in essence. But it was obedience. So here's my question, and this is the hard one. This is the, how does the prison test come about? Joseph, in everything that he was doing, was being obedient to God. How could I do this? How could I go against my master? How could I go against God? So he flees the situation in obedience. And look what happens. He's thrown in prison. It just sometimes we look at this, it's a detour. We just don't understand. And we see here, we know that the blessing of God will flow 
When the plot, when the plot is uncovered, that's what we, Joseph in his life here, we think that, okay, if, if Joseph in this situation, he thinks, listen, God is blessing me, he's raised me up to this point, I'm gonna be okay, everything's gonna be fine. When Potiphar comes home, he, he's gonna find out that it was all his wife and everything like that, and it's gonna be revealed, and I'm not gonna be stuck in this prison. But what happens is the exact opposite. In his obedience, he ends up locked in prison, it says, and there he remained. The prison test is revealed in these four words, there and there he remained. In Robert Morris's book, From Dreams to Destiny, he writes, make no mistake about it, we must obey God if we want to walk in his blessings, but obedience to God is no guarantee that bad things will never happen to us. Did you hear that? That obedience, we want to walk in obedience and the blessing of God, but that is not a guarantee in this broken world that our life is gonna be perfect, that we're never gonna have situations or circumstances that are very difficult or hard, that we're just gonna have the perfect life. There are a lot of people that'll preach that. They'll say, you know what, if you come to Jesus, then your life is gonna be perfect and everything's gonna be fine. And, and you know what, you're never gonna have any problems again. Man, that's a load of garbage. It, it's not true. Joseph, one of the most upright and righteous men, here is, finds himself stuck in the prison test. He, he's stuck right here. And, and Joseph is locked away in prison, and basically, they locked him away, and they threw away the key. They, they were like, if he ever comes out, no big deal. We're just going to lock him away. It doesn't matter. He was, he was never going to come out. When Joseph started, what you have to understand, guys, is if you are following, and you've been here for the last few weeks, if you're following the, the progression of the situation, we see that Joseph is a 17-year-old youthful man when he starts his destiny, the road to his destiny. We believe that he was, he was in the pit for just a day, and, and then in Potiphar's house, we believe possibly uh, between 10 and 12 months, possibly a year, maybe even less than that. But the Bible says that when he becomes second in command to Pharaoh, way down here on the timeline, we're passing all of these stories, all the detours, everything, the final destination that Joseph was a man of 30 in that moment. So what that means is the prison test. Joseph was, if you do the math right, somewhere between 12 and 13 years. There he remained. Years. Righteous. Obedient. Doing what is right. Not 13 days. Not 13 months. 13 years, Joseph enters the prison a spry teenager and comes out a bearded man. This was a long test. Like we said, the pit test was a few hours, the palace test was a few month, months, but the prison test was years. Guys, most of us in this room have experienced trials and difficult times and tests in our life. And many of us can look back on that season of testing and we can say, you know what? God had grown in me certain character traits that I needed to learn. Maybe it was maturity. Maybe it was just growth in all of those things. Maybe it was patience. And we can see that those seasons of testing grow us those certain character traits in our lives. Most of us can handle seasons of testing. Most of us can handle a week of testing. We're okay with that. We're okay with the season of testing, maybe a day, or a week, or even a month. But what happens when the testing elongates into years? 
What do we do that? You see, the prison test is something that can only be developed over a long period of time. It is something that God uses to forge deep character in our lives, to increase our true faith and trust in him. The prison test can be defined in one word, perseverance. Perseverance. How do you know if you have true faith in God if your faith is never tested? Okay? How, how do we know if, if really we, we trust God if we never have the opportunity to truly trust him? During Joseph's 13-year trial, there were plenty of days that he could have dwelt upon What had got him there in the prison? I'm sure there were days that he did think about those things. Uh, He could have. He could have cursed his brothers and built up terrible resentment in his heart and hatred towards them. He could have blamed Potiphar's wife for lying about him or Potiphar for, for believing that lie. He could have let his roots go down so deep and creep deep into his soul that he began to blame God for all of these things. He could have done all of those things. But this season of testing was arduous. But Joseph persevered. He persevered. If you want to take your Bibles this morning and turn to the book of Romans, chapter 5, we're going to look at a passage of Scripture that I think shows us the season of testing in the prison test. Romans, chapter 5, verses 1 through 5 explains to us what is going on in the context of these 13 years and the, lo- and the elongated test that Joseph goes through. Romans 5, 1 through 5 reads this way. It's in the New King James uh, Version this morning on the screen. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into his grace in which we stand. And rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Focus on verse 3. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Knowing that tribulations produce what? Perseverance. Tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So let's look at this progression that this passage speaks about. It says that we are to glory in our, tran- in our tribulation. Basically that's saying we can rejoice in our sufferings or in our trials. We don't rejoice in the pain of the suffering. Okay, I want you to understand really quickly, I- I'm not up here, I understand that there are people in this room that you are probably going through the prison test. Maybe you're on year 10. And you're saying, Pastor Sheldon, how could you possibly stand up there and say the things that you are saying? Listen, I am not negating that you are in pain. These are not easy things to deal with in life. The difficulties that we go through are are, are heart-wrenching. And we don't enjoy those parts of our tests. We don't enjoy the pain. We don't love the stress. We, We Because... Our suffering, we don't, we don't do this and, and, and go, man, I, my, my suffering is so much fun. This is great. 
That's, that's not the way it is. It's difficult. Life is hard. It's not easy. But what we do rejoice in, guys, as Scripture tells us, is we rejoice in the fact that our current situation is sculpting us into the man or woman of God that God wants us to be. That is what it's doing. And if we keep the right attitude, and if we keep the right uh, openness to God, he can teach us things even through the difficult things. Even through the things where scripture says that what the enemy meant for evil, God can actually use for good, right? That these things can sculpt things in our lives. That our current trials are not easy, but they may be necessary in order to produce the things needed for God to bring us to our destiny. But our American culture doesn't understand that. In fact, society will tell you to avoid pain at all costs. In fact, we have eliminated the challenges in life to such a point that it has not made us better. Challenges in life force us into seasons of growth, force us to be the men and women of God that we need to be. Seasons of testing cause us to become stronger. In fact, Romans chapter 5 says here, it clearly states that there is a progression in our lives that difficult times take us through. It says the first is tribulation or suffering produces perseverance. Tribulations or trials or suffering produces perseverance. This is our English word, perseverance. Actually, the Greek word for this word, perseverance here, is endurance. It produces endurance. The trials that we have produce endurance. Now, if I was to say at the close of this service, we were going to have a one-mile race, and in order to go in this one-mile race, you had to run from beginning to end without stopping. So here's the question. How many people believe that they could participate in the one-mile race following church today? In the shoes you're wearing, in the clothes you're wearing? Okay, raise it higher than that. I want to see, okay? Oh, wow. Really? Okay, so you guys say, without stopping, I could run one mile. I see a few former athletes smirking out here. kind of. You know what? I tried to run to my car through the parking lot the other night. And there were like these knives that were stabbing into my calf areas here. I mean, I might have the wind to make it a mile, but my body, I'm not sure it would hold up. Might need an oil change or something before we get going. But here's the thing, guys. Many of you raised your hand, and that was great. And, and after service, you can meet me at the, at the end of... No, I'm just kidding. See, many people would not be able to complete a, a one-mile race like that for one reason, because they do not have the endurance in order to complete that race. So if you didn't have the endurance to finish that race, run that race without stopping, let's say, if you didn't have that, then what if I said, in one month, we're going to have the same race, and everyone is required to participate in it, okay? I'm just kidding. I know there was some fear in eyes there for a minute. This is an illustration. It's not really going to happen. But in one month, we're going to do this. And everyone needs to prepare so that everyone can run the distance of one mile without stopping. Well, 
How would a person go about doing that? What would you do to prepare? Well, the first thing you would do is probably start walking. You would say, well, for the first few days, you would start walking. Maybe you'd walk as far as you could, or you'd walk a mile, or you'd walk further than a mile to kind of get your wind and kind of get your legs so that they don't feel like stabbing knives in your calves as you're running. You start walking, and so you're doing that, and then you pick up the pace. And then maybe you would start running for a few minutes each day. And as you went and progressed along, then you would run each day and see how far you could get until you had to stop, until finally you would get to the place where you would push yourself to the place where you could run one mile without stopping. Now, don't you feel good about yourself now? Yeah. Some of you were following with me there. You're like, all right, I did it. I made it. And so here we are, guys. In order to run the one mile, what we have to do is we have to produce endurance in order to complete the race. We have to produce the amount of endurance necessary to run for one mile continuously. So here's the thing, guys. Now, for many of us, this would be an extremely painful process, wouldn't it? Like for me. It would be an extremely painful process. Some of us would be out of breath. Others of us, our legs would be cramping up. Some would pull hamstring muscles. Others of us would mentally psych ourselves up and go, I'm not, uh, psych yourselves out and go, I'm not going to church that Sunday. I'll go to another church. I'm still serving Jesus. I'm going to another church. If they're going to make me run, forget it. But see, guys, what you have to understand is the perseverance is the training portion of the illustration. It's the training portion. It's the part that's uncomfortable. It's the part where you're throwing up on the side of the road as you're trying to run, you know. That's the the endurance part. That's the perseverance part. You see, guys, perseverance is the training. The trials in life are the side aches, the passing out, the throwing up on the side of the road, but the perseverance is coming to the understanding that the the pain is producing something good in your life. It is producing something. It is producing a strength to carry you through to finish the race. And that is the same way in life, the pain of our situations and the difficulties and the struggles and the stress is producing something that can help us carry on to finish the race in Jesus Christ, and it is called perseverance. It's called perseverance. So we see that the Bible says that long-term trials produce perseverance, endurance, which over time produces something amazing. And it is this word, it produces character. Until the time came for the Lord to fulfill his dreams, God tested Joseph's character. See, the perseverance was all part of could Joseph withhold, could his character withhold his destiny? And part of him getting enough character in order to be the man of God that could be second in the nation and literally save people's lives and save other nations in order for him to have the character necessary to withhold that kind of destiny, God had to bring him through the prison test which brought perseverance. And perseverance over time brought character. When we look at the life of Joseph through Scripture, 
God used the prison to produce a character in Joseph's life that was, uh, was needed to uphold his destiny like we just spoke about. Could it be that the trials that you are facing in this moment right now in your life, could it be that those trials will produce the character in your life that will in turn provide hope for other people? Remember what it said, trials produces perseverance and perseverance produces character and character produces hope. Could it be the trials in your life that could produce hope even in the most difficult and darkest situations and circumstances. Hope not only for you, but for everyone around you. One of the greatest testimonies to Jesus Christ in a person's life is the hope that they have in the midst of trials. That is the brightest light that you can shine in this world. But the question is, Will you, or will you allow the prison test to mold you into the man or woman that God wants you to be? Or will you allow the prison test to crush you altogether? Will you give up in the prison wondering why God abandoned you? Or that you were somehow forgotten in the prison? Do you ever think Joseph thought that maybe there were days that God had forgotten about him? Do you ever think that maybe there were days that Joseph thought, man, I'm just not sure, God, if this was really your plan. We'll use this one. I think that there were days like that. In fact, I know that there was one particular situation that when Joseph was... Joseph was at the bars of the cell and he had just interpreted the dream for the two men that would go back to Pharaoh. And the last thing that he called out to the man, he, he reached through the bars and he put his, put his mouth up to the bars and he said, listen, remember me, tell Pharaoh about me. And then he waited. He had been in the prison at this point 11 long, tiresome years. And this was his opportunity to get out. And as he called out to the man, the man says, yes, I'll tell Pharaoh about you. And the Bible says that the man forgot. And Joseph, for two more long years, said, wow, I thought that was my moment to get out of here. And he still spent two more years. I think that there might have been days when Joseph really struggled with that and said, hey, God, man, I, I, I'm not really sure. But there were some key things that Joseph did in the prison that, were, that, are, that are huge, that are absolutely huge. And I think that they can help us through the prison test. But maybe, you know what, maybe you're right here in this room right now and you were to look at these tests and what you have gone through And you would say, you would look at your life and you would say, Pastor Sheldon, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I'm going through the prison test right now. Maybe you would sit there and say that. Maybe you're here right now in this room and and you would would look at the long-term situation and you are crying out to God, God, get me out of this place. Get me out of here. 
Maybe you're dealing with long-term sickness, a relationship that's in disrepair, a spiritual desert time, a close friend passing away. You feel imprisoned by your current situation. When we get so caught up in getting out of the test and out of the pain, and we're calling out to God saying, get me out of here, or we say, God, why are you treating me like this? But in those moments, when you are looking for a long-term, looking at a long-term situation, God is not looking for someone to say, why me? God is desperately looking for someone to say, despite my situation, God, use me. God, use me. You see, the prison test, in the prison test, is very easy to get self-focused, isn't it? How many have ever been in the prison test and, got, and you got self-focused? How many have ever done that? Yeah. Where you just, oh me, oh my, you're focusing on yourself. You're, you're, you're entrapped by your own feelings and all of these things. Listen, we get very self-centered and self-focused, but Joseph gives an incredible example in the prison of not being self-focused Joseph could have blamed God and sat in the corner of the prison for 13 years saying, oh me, oh my. But scripture tells us that he did something different. The Bible says that God blessed him and placed him in authority over the other prisoners around him. And when we see that he could have been throwing a pity party about his prison experience, he was focused more on the people around him than he was on his personal trials. Watch this. Genesis 40, verses 6 and 7. Right here on the screen. Genesis 46 and 7, it says this. When Joseph saw the next morning, he, when he saw them the next morning, he noticed that they both looked upset. Why do you look so worried, he asked them. This is just a fragment that we pull out. Do you remember what's going on around the story? The men had had their dreams, and Joseph, rather than in the corner throwing a big pity party for himself, he takes notice of the people around him, and he sees that they're in pain, that there's something going on here. And in that moment, he comes to realize, and, 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 he's, and he begins to minister to these guys. Even though Joseph was in the middle of the prison test, he was still focusing on others. He was caring about others and helping others. The Bible says that trials produce perseverance, and perseverance produces character, and eventually character produces hope. And hope is not something that you hoard to yourself, but hope is something that you share with every person around you. So here's the thing, guys. The prison is a lengthy test that builds our character. But do you want to know what the secret is to get out of the prison test? It's right here. Is there anyone this morning that says, I am tired of being in the prison test? I think I have learned all I have to learn. I have character to burn. I have more hope than you could ever imagine, Pastor Sheldon. This blew my mind, guys. The thing that moved Joseph out of the prison was his care for others around him. It was the fact that he did not focus, self-focus on his personal prison trial, but he focused on every person around him. And how can I administer hope to their lives? How many have ever seen that? 
when you're consumed with yourself and you're trapped in your prison of selfishness, but once you focus your thoughts on other people and those around you, you're set free. The prison doors open, and when you concern yourself with others more than your present circumstances, everything begins to get better. And listen to me, guys. Robert Morris wrote this in his book, Dreams to Destiny. This was one big section that I pulled out. Ironically, it was his ministry to one of the fellow prisoners that would eventually be the key to Joseph's deliverance. Like Joseph, you must keep your hope in God no matter what you are going through. You must remember that he has divine appointments for you every day. There are people all around you who need God, and God wants you to minister to those people. But if you focus on your own problems, your own trials, you will walk past the opportunities to minister to the needs of others. You will miss the appointments that are important to God. And if you miss an appointment that is important to God, you miss an appointment that is important to your destiny. The key to the prison test is found in the pocket of the prisoner next to you. Guys, there are many people here this morning that in the prison, they get very close to God. They're very focused on God, but their prayer shifts from why me? And it needs to shift from why me to God use me. Despite your current situation, God is wanting the trials that you face to produce perseverance. And perseverance, when it is complete, it produces character. And character, when it is strong, it produces hope that shines from the darkness of the prison, not just for you, but for every person that you come in contact with every single day. Are you willing, if necessary, to go through the test of the prison in order for God to refine you, in order for God to use you, to minister to everyone around you in every situation. So this morning, normally we come to a time where we say, how do we take this and apply it to our lives? What is the response called for? What are we wanting us to take action on? Many of those things happen right here in this room, and maybe we'll ask God to change our hearts or do something special, but today's response called for happens not within the four walls of this church, but today it happens out there. It's the fact that will you allow God to use you in your present circumstances to minister to those around you? Because listen, you don't want to miss a divine appointment because when you miss a divine appointment, you may very well miss the appointment that God wants to use to change your destiny. So would we be open to the Holy Spirit today? Church, would you stand to your feet with me as we close this morning? But this is what I want us to do. I want to pray for us as a church that as we walk from this place, that God would use even the difficult tests in our lives to be a testimony to his greatness and his goodness this week. How many would agree with me on that? Amen? Praise God. Let's pray today. Father, we just thank you for our church today, God, and the people that are in this room. And God, I am praying right now that this morning, despite the long 
the longevity of the tests many times we are in throughout this life, that, God, you would use those to help us, God, for our character to be molded into the men and women that you would want us to be, that, God, we would not be so focused on ourselves, that, God, instead we would say, God, use me in this prison. Use me in the situation that you have placed me in. Use me in this moment, God. So, Lord, this morning we're sending out an army out of the room. God, this morning you are going to use each and every person we're believing today, God. We want to be surrendered to your will. We want to be used by you. God, we want to bring hope to the hopeless this week, God. We want to speak words of life and encouragement to them, despite what our situations and the things that we're dealing with. God, I'm praying, Lord Jesus, that you would use us, despite, Lord, all of the things that would try and come against us, even when we're in obedience, God, and and things still go wrong. That, Father, Father, we would truly have a sense of divine destiny each day. And Father, we would take every advantage to impact every life that we come in contact with. And we pray these things now in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Why don't you shake someone's hand nearby? Go from this place, guys. I encourage you, minister to people. Minister hope and love to each person you come in contact with.